When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors winning their sixth game in a row behind the heroics, largely of Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. OG Ananobi finished with 12 in this game, but nobody else clearing double digits. Boucher, six. Precious, six. Svi, seven. Barnes, seven. Birch, six. Pascal and Fred combining. For 61 points, the Raptors defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 105-101. to uh, Notable people missing from that Pelicans team, Zion Williamson, obviously, and to a lesser degree, but still a good player, Josh Hart, uh, Kyra Lewis Jr., and there's a couple other guys like that, uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Sadaransky, I think, as well. But the Raptors also missing stalwart of their uh, starting lineup, Gary Trent Jr., obviously, uh, <laughs> Goran Dragic, David Johnson, still out. Yuta Watanabe still out, but yeah, Gary Trent Jr. and uh, Josh Hart, the notable people missing from this game. But let's talk about the guys on the court, the guys who are playing, battling it out for their sixth straight win. The Raptors climbing uh, rather quickly towards the Cleveland Cavaliers, now 20 and 17. The Cavs, I think, are at 22 and 17. Do they have a game tonight? Are they playing? They're about to start right against the Golden State Warriors on what is known as hashtag Clay Day because Clay Thompson is about to play his first NBA game since game six of the NBA Finals where the Raptors won their first championship. What a nice little tie-in for this podcast. But yeah, holy moly. Uh, the late heroics of Fred Van Vliet and the overall game of Pascal Siakam. Fred came on late in, in an incredibly meaningful way. Very, very potent shooting the three ball. Right. He went 8 for 17 from downtown tonight. He was pulling. And so why was he doing this? Well, because Jonas Valanciunas played 33 minutes, just about 34 in this game. They played drop. And the Raptors rightfully felt his presence at the rim, especially guys like Scotty Barnes, guys like Cam Birch. They really, and OG as well, because OG didn't really have the three-point shot going tonight. And he was being played pretty well defensively at the first the first line of defense. And with Jonas hanging out towards the rim, that was really helpful for the Pelicans because A, you know, he's big. And B, he's big and is pretty damn good at shot contests. It's something he's gotten really good at in his career. He moves well around the basket. Like the closer he is, the better he's going to look. If you ask him to step up to the level of the screen, 
it, it might get a little bit tough. He had some nice possessions guarding Fred out there, but overall the Raptors were winning those possessions. That was something the Raptors were looking to do towards the end. Of course, you can't just spam that, you know, the whole game. The Raptors tried quite a bit of that, and that's why Fred was only 11 of 27 and hit some miraculous shots at the end of the game. But most of them actually came off of passes from Pascal or breakdowns in the defense caused by other people. He was spotting up. So the pick-and-roll defense, actually, of the Pelicans in this game was pretty fantastic, especially at the point of attack, and their drop worked. Like, the intended function of what they wanted to make the Raptors do worked in this game. What kept the Raptors going throughout, though, was Pascal Siakam attacking from the 45 extended in isolation situations, and then his post-ups as well, where he was tracking where Jonas Valanciunas was in help and was doing a fantastic job of baiting the help and then making sure that he could attack his mismatch when the other person had to take their step out for three seconds. He drew the help. He made passes. 8 of 18 in this game. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Another game where Pascal grabs the most rebounds. Only two turnovers. One of them on an offensive foul on a hit-ahead pass. 3 of 5 from downtown. Got to the line for 10 free throws. Made all 10. He was the guy carrying the team for the longest stretch of this game. And most importantly, when the Raptors went to their bigger lineup without Fred, that's where you see guys like Siakam, Boucher, Achua, all sharing the floor together. They won those minutes. And that has been the biggest thing for the Raptors this year is winning minutes without Fred. Because when Fred is on the floor, they've been winning minutes. And the fact that this lineup, the the weird Achua, Boucher, Siakam lineup, with with Ananobian, whoever else decides to slide in, but those that trio is kind of what they've been running with. They've won minutes lately. That's a huge development for the Raptors, and they've been doing it on defense. Of course, Pascal having these types of games on offense, like 29, 10, and seven on. I guess if you count the free throws and the the turnovers, that'd be twenty five used possessions for twenty nine points and seven assists. Is pretty nutty. Like, that's, that's really, really strong. Actually, scratch that. That is, that is way better than really strong. That is a scintillating performance. And anyway, they do it defensively. And a big part of that is, well, A, Precious Sichua, the whole season has been a positive defensively. No doubt about it. His rim contests are the best on the Raptors. He's the biggest deterrent at the rim. And even though his X-outs and stuff like that aren't great, He's so good at contesting shots at the rim that it it's just a boon for the Raptors defense. That's been a consistent theme. That was apparent tonight. And he closes out defensive possessions. The big thing lately has been Chris Boucher has had excellent rotations, X outs, and even the reads that you wouldn't expect him to make on defense. He's been making them. His defensive stretch of games over the past month Really, really great. And the the best part about this is Chris Boucher has been an above-average bench big for the past month of basketball, right? And he's done it without a three-ball. Everybody thought that the three-ball was what made him a viable NBA player. That is not the case. If he can hone in defensively, that that is huge. But on offense, he's been such a heady cutter lately. He's been moving so well which is a really great pendulum swing from Precious, who moves terribly on offense usually. And Boucher has been showing for 
for guys who are looking to pass towards the dunker spot, even like a 45 cut here and then. And then obviously he has gravity as a roller, which is not usually the case for anybody on the Raptors, you know, offense. And that's just been fantastic to see. Pascal has been working really great with Boucher. It's something I wrote about a little bit was that Boucher has a great sense for how to cut off of Pascal. And he does. And Precious had a a pretty good offensive game in this one, too. He had one kind of bungled uh, possession on the fast break, but he earned that fast break through a really good steal. And I don't don't want to be down on Precious. He was he was awesome tonight. And yeah, he was a huge part of the Raptors winning those minutes sans Fred, which means that, you know, Fred plays 39 minutes in this game. Pascal plays 42, almost 43 minutes. This is a little bit of a swing from, you know, one way towards the other because it used to be that Fred, no matter what, was going to be the guy playing more minutes than Pascal. Fred was going to play more minutes than anybody. And that has really been the case for a lot of games so far this year. But as Pascal has rounded into form and Pascal has been able to helm some more bench lineups, the Raptors have found extra lineups that work. And, you know, it might seem insignificant, but shaving two minutes off of Fred's playtime in a close game is a really great indicator that they're finding stuff that works overall in the season, something that can trend upward, that he's being supported by his teammates, and that it's working for that game. And that's what happened in this one. They were able to succeed without Fred. There's a reason why Pascal was like, his plus minus was 22 points better than Fred's. And that's not like, Fred has been the best player on the Raptors this season. No doubt about it. But it was that run, the Siakam-led bench lineup, their defense and their ability to manufacture offense on the back of Pascal, that's actually what put the Raptors in a position where they could close this game out. Of course, the heroics of Fred, you know, they're down 96 to 93 after a blown defensive communication and Herb Jones hits a corner three. Fred then hits a three. That is just an absolute moonshot, man. And I mean a moonshot. And then the next possession gets it on the fast break from Pascal Pascal didn't have quite enough juice for it to be like a super crisp bounce pass. So it had an extra bounce. It slowed down and Fred couldn't get to the rim. He was at about 18 feet away from the bucket, took the ball, one dribble, step back, triple. They went from down three to up three like that. That was awesome to see. So his heroics late, of course, but Pascal and that development of that Pascal plus bench unit, particularly with Boucher and Achua, that is my favorite development from this game. But of course, we can all collectively freak out about what the hell Fred VanVleet is doing here. He's an all-star. And geez, why not all-NBA? This is, you know, you see the defensive possessions as well. You know, he's forcing these ball handlers to take different routes around screens. He's fighting over them, forcing them to re-screen, dropping under and still getting back into the play, climbing over and still getting back into the play. The dig downs are effective. He's so, so important at the head of the snake of the Raptors defense. And his rotations are really crisp too, right? Like the Raptors every once in a while, because there's so much asked of them, there's scram switches that they mess up sometimes where two guys will stick on the big and somebody should have already switched out and should be running out to the perimeter. Sometimes Fred sticks a little bit too long on the big, but that's just, uh, who's to say who's at fault for that, right? Because you would think, well, Fred, you're not the big man. Go out to the perimeter again. But Fred also is like a disciplined post defender, and he maybe he wants to stick there. And you don't know what the communication is on the floor, so you don't know if that's something, or schematically, whether they have like, if there's six seconds left on the shot clock, 
you do not scram here, or maybe you do, whatever, right? But so there's a couple things that happen when Fred's on the court, but overall, I mean, he's been the Raptors' best defender this season. He looked great at the point of attack in this game. And 11 of 27, nothing to write home about. His pick-and-roll offense, it wasn't everything you wanted it to be, especially in terms of creating for others. But he made the shots late. He never wavered on defense. And those shots late, you can when you can swing a game, a lot of games end up close at the end. And players work really hard to get it to that point, whether it's on one side or the other. But if you can score late, if you can swing those possessions, those high leverage clutch possessions, then that is just money in the bank. And Fred bet on himself to, to cash those checks in. And my God, has he ever been doing so. Scotty Barnes, I think one of the, the poor offensive performances we've seen from him so far this year. That's okay, though, because... You know, he tried a few things out. They didn't work. This is a really tough defensive uh, team for him to go up against. A, because the Pelicans have been trending up. They started out the season 1-12. and 12. They've been much, much better since. The length of Ingram, the length of, you know, Valanciunas or Herb Jones, like even guys digging in like Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Gary Clark or Alvarado, these different guys, Scotty felt that anytime he tried to dribble past the guy, he felt it when he was going to his awkward push shots that I still like for him. I like that he's developing that out. He's had, he had a couple really nice makes today, including like a pull-up and, you know, got into the lane and spun around and found the basket midair, had the dexterity and the balance to stay there and hit that shot. But largely with Valanciunas roaming the paint, that was a no-go area for for Scotty Barnes. And something that Scotty Barnes has done an incredible job this year is overpower some of the weaker defensive centers, be it as an offensive rebounder or as a guy who attacks the paint. And you know what? Valanciunas's contest really did bother Barnes today. His presence was a big factor. And Barnes, despite going one of three from downtown, wasn't super comfortable stretching it out today. So he had a little bit of a muted impact on offense today and there are a couple plays that he made as far as turnovers that like you really would have liked to see something different but he's he's gotten to a place where he was still a positive defensively that that's a huge thing because he wasn't a positive defensively for a long part of the season and now he's a part of these really nice defensive units he's making waves as the defender the x outs the rotations he's he's just he's done a great job honestly so even though this was a tough game for Scotty and process wise, it looked pretty, pretty bad for him on some, but like, who cares, right? This is one game. Scotty has given like 30 games of really nice process of really good decision-making. So just cause it was at a little bit lower rate tonight, that, that doesn't mean anything. He has, he has improved a ton and teams are adjusting to his overall um, play style. It's not the rookie wall, but it's the adjustment wall that he's hitting currently teams they they've seen the film there's a decent chunk of it on him now and so they know a little bit better about how to handle him so it's it's just a little something but scotty is going to adjust i've never been more sure of anything else in my life he he will definitely adjust and man fred and pascal did a really great job of carrying tonight og uh the defense he had a couple ticky tack foul he finished with five uh fouls by the way but he had a couple ticky tack calls when he was guarding ingram and jackson hayes that i was like damn that's kind of tough. I didn't like that much at all. But OG, you know, really solid defensive game. 
And he was bothered similarly by the presence of Valanciunas as Scotty Barnes was. Because Pascal Siakam is probably a worse passer driving in the half court than maybe OG and Scotty. He certainly hasn't been over the past, like, you know, 15, 20 games. But over the course of his career, you know, the numbers aren't as friendly to him as they would be to OG or Scotty. He's still such a great passer from the hub of the post. And, you know, obviously in transition, the Pascal grab and go where Fred runs out to the wing, which was huge in this game and has been a huge part of their partnership in the Raptors success for so many years, like three years. That's been a staple. You're going to get some points off of that play basically every game. And, you know, maybe even, you know, six, ten points somewhere like off of that. Right. But as far as manipulating and bending a defense with a slowed down pace from like an isolation or a post up, OG and Scotty both don't have that in their bag. They like they make these really, really proactive, quick reads. And obviously, Scotty is going to get to a point where he is the best passer of the trio by such a wide margin. It's insane. And like as far as his organic reads that come very quickly when you know the defense is already an advantage has been created he is the best passer on the team probably like you know it's better than fred it's better than pascal it's better than og but there's a reason that in this game where the pelicans were very dedicated to having a conservative shell that prioritized rim defense that pascal's a little bit more conservative methodical and veteran presence as a guy who manipulates defenses really shown through in this game. And he was the bellwether for the Raptors in a lot of this game. He helped push them through. Uh, Kem Birch, man, this was a pretty tough game for him. It, and once again, like that, you're really, really feeling the effects of Jonas Valanciunas' size. Birch played 20 minutes. He was really scared to put up shots in this one. A lot of times he got the ball in a place where, you know, it could have gone up, but it went to a reset. They had to have another Fred Van Vliet pick and roll or something, or another isolation for one of OG or Pascal or something like that. And even late in the game where they were trying to run that Fred Van Vliet pick and roll with him because Kem was being guarded by Jonas Valanciunas, you know, Kem flashing to the middle, or sorry, you know, rolling to the middle, like short rolling. If he got the ball there, he wasn't able to make a really high-level decision from that point when the game was close or at all throughout this game. So, you know, a lot of his possessions ended up being fruitless when it was in his hands. But he had, obviously, a big couple rebounds late. That was nice to see. But, man, Precious was actually the guy in this game that probably battled as well as anybody else in the paint. And, and same with Chris Boucher, who deserves just uh, mountains of love. Boucher was really great in this game, as was Precious. And those two guys, I was really impressed with them, obviously. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. And, Svi, man, Svi was tough to watch this game because there are times, you know, not everybody was talking about it. I talked about a preseason. Nick Nurse just talked about, you know, the, the duality of Svi and Gary Trent Jr. And he actually said that he wanted Svi to try and emulate the Gary Trent Jr. role, that that was something the Raptors needed. And certainly if Svi can do that, yes, but the shot making isn't nearly as good as, as Gary Trent Jr.'s. The playmaking, you know, he gets himself into more dangerous positions for the defense to consider than Gary Trent Jr. does. Like, Svi Mihailuk can get to the bucket with more regularity. He has better steps around the rim. He's a more explosive athlete. But the decision-making has been kind of bankrupt for a while now. 
And finishing with seven points tonight, two of three from the floor, that's all good. And he was a plus six, but there were still some plays that he looked off that seemed like, yep, that was the pass to make. Nope, that wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the line to take with your dribble, stuff like that. So this maybe this shouldn't be the game that I hammer this home, but it's just been such a trend lately that Svi is getting to high leverage spots. And when the decision, the, the ultimate decision has to be made, it seems like he's making the one that has the least amount of payoff. And so I, I saw that a few times in this game, still finishing with seven points. That's nice for the Raptors because the bench needs all the points it can get to try and support this honestly fantastic starting lineup. But it, you know, it remains to be seen how this will develop over the season. Maybe the shooting chops will come back around. He did have one year where he shot 40% from downtown on pretty high volume. So we'll see. But yeah, man, at the end of it all, the Raptors, they really leaned on Pascal and Fred in this game to deliver them and Pascal in the meat of the game, really moved this team ahead and kept the Pelicans at arm's length. And the Pelicans did break off. I think they had two runs that were at least 9-0 or above. I think they had a 9-0 run and like a 13 or 14-0 run. And, you know, obviously nobody likes to see that. That's terrible. But that was relevant for how the Raptors were operating offensively. And, you know, the Pelicans, every once in a while against the Raptors, you get a rotation, you get a wide open three point shot and, you know, a Nikhil Alexander Walker, a Jose Alvarado or, you know, Gary Clark. These guys are going to hit threes. Herb Jones going to hit threes and Devontae Graham actually hit some some threes late. He didn't have a great game or anything, but he had two threes late that were pretty meaningful in that close game. And and one of them did come on a, a miscommunication where Pascal came for a scram switch to get Fred out of there and Fred didn't leave. And so I was like, I wonder whose fault that is, right? Because Pascal, it seems like, is the guy you want around the bucket, the guy you want grabbing the rebound, defending the guy in the post. But, you know, Fred is sticking there, and Fred is a great defender, and Fred appears to be, you know, super knowledgeable about the the scheme of the defense. But there's a miscommunication between those two late that led to a Devontae Graham triple, and you wonder in those situations, like, hmm, what was the decision there? I, I would lean towards like, yeah, Pascal, you scram Fred out of the paint. That's the switch. But it didn't happen really that way. Fred still ended up going to try and contest the shot, but it was obviously super late. And the man, but on offense, they came together and they figured it out. Pascal providing the rim pressure that quite literally nobody else could in this game. And Fred just bludgeoning the Pelicans from downtown, punishing the drop pick and roll defense the way he knew how. And unfortunately for the Raptors, when they started running that pick and roll late, you know, the Pelicans did come to the level of the screen, although Kem as a release valve wasn't good enough, so they didn't pay for it. And Fred couldn't just beat that, you know, that high hedge or the when, you know, Jonas was at the level of the screen, he couldn't just beat that straight up. So the ball filtered to somebody else. Then you get the ball in like Pascal's hands or something like that. Fred spots up as a, you know, a spot up guy, obviously hits a couple threes late, and the Raptors figured out how to manufacture offense, how to make it happen. So that was really nice to see, man. Reggie Evans' award goes right to Precious Achua. I think it's a well-deserved honor for tonight. You know, a couple blocks, the nine boards, was pretty active defensively and was part of, you know, the Raptors' most successful lineup and wasn't a benefactor of it, but somebody who pushed the validity of it, especially tonight. So hell yeah, Precious, I think... You just had an awesome game. We got that also like a super wholesome moment because Pascal lobbed Precious in transition. 
you know, then they had like a hug after Precious dapped him up. Precious big smile on his face. Just looks overjoyed to be part of it. Pascal cracking jokes. And then uh, Scotty comes over and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to get in on it too. So really nice to see. Good vibes for, for Precious tonight. And a continuation of the, you know, <laughs> he's been good defensively all year. Deserves love. Top quick reaction comment from Clips. Quote, six wins in a row. Loving it. Feels good to be winning again. End quote. I got to tell you, man, as somebody who was really confused at the perception of a few players on the Raptors this year and how negative it was around them, it's really cool that A, they're performing so well, and B, they're winning. Because, you know, these are winning players who suddenly were seen as losing players. These are championship players who were seen as losing players all of a sudden. And now that they're the authors of this long win streak and the Raptors look like they've stabilized, they're not going to win every game for the rest of the year. But the conversations around these players have become one where you actually can use proper analysis, where you actually can have like a good conversation about what they're good at without having some sort of, you know, some comment out of left field about like, oh, well, they're worse with him. Winning cures all, man. I mean, Fred Van Vliet and Kawhi Leonard, you know, there's a lot of smoke around that relationship, but we never saw it. We Nobody cared about it during the season that the Raptors won the chip. Why? Because they won the chip, because they were 60-22, and 22, and because when Kawhi needed to rest, they were winning games and stuff like that. You know, winning cures all it, within a fan base and within the team, of course, and the team obviously being much more important. So I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Clips. I'm, I'm glad everybody else is enjoying it. Watching good basketball is quite literally why everyone comes together to watch this game. You know, and, and some people less so. Some people like the drama. Some people like, you know, transactions. Some people like the armchair GM aspect of it. All of it is valid. But, you know, it comes from the basis of basketball being something that's fun to watch. And the Raptors absolutely have been playing fun basketball lately. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for writing in clips. Uh, listener, thanks for listening, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.